everybody. Welcome to our second episode in two days of the That's Canon podcast. I'm Jack Auger. With me is Jacob. And we are doing our... So this is our first um, first attempt at redoing an episode. We've had to delay things. We've had issues with that in the past. Um, but we have never had... To, we've never recorded an episode and then... Um, get cyber attacked by Mark Zuckerberg and then had to and are now re-recording it. Yeah, you know, but when you operate the planet's most popular podcast, these things happen. You know, sometimes you get attacked by Mark Zuckerberg. Sometimes you get hacked by, you know, various Russian groups. You know, this is all a day, you know, a walk in the park for us. This happens to us every day. Um, but yeah, they did. Um, unfortunately, yes, Mark Zuckerberg and his goons did. Uh, they did take us down. We did lose our David Fincher episode, so we are. This is our re-recorded episode on David Fincher, and and hopefully, you know, we've gained a little more insight. Hopefully, it's better. You we'll know? see. I'm a little concerned that I forgot what happened in the movies we watched <laughs> in the month since that has been. Yeah, but we'll now we'll now we'll go through everyone. Okay, we'll go through all of them. All right, with the exception of the one that you haven't seen, which I forget was it that uh, uh, the card movie, the game, the game. Yeah, yeah, which I didn't particularly care for, but yeah, and that was not really regarded all that well. And that's an early one, so we'll 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 count that as a mulligan with Alien Three before <laughs> he finds his groove. Uh, Alien Three, man, I just would like to. I almost kind of want to rewatch it just because I it, like it's so crazy how that movie came to be. Like I found out so much about that movie after watching it. And like, I now want to watch it through the lens of like knowing that there was not a script. I was going to say based (laughs) on like what we know in terms of the production, it feels like it's basically impossible for that to turn out any other way. Right. With so many people, so many hands involved, no one has any one real vision. And yeah, you know, it feels sort of inevitable to me that that, was going to just be not very good. 100%. But but with that said, I do kind of want to rewatch it a little bit. Man, I, I just I remember thinking it was so painful. It, I really don't want to rewatch it, it at all. <laughs> I mean, I I also remember that, but like the, here's the thing is I'm going to rewatch Alien soon, okay. which I'm, I I which, saw Alien in theaters oh, during re- COVID. Nice. They reached, they showed it at AMC and I went, yeah. How was that? Wonderful. I love Alien. It's yeah. great. I, I I got it on 4K, and and so I want to okay. I want to watch it, and uh, and and that I I feel like will probably lead me wanting to rewatch Aliens again, of course, because I thought Aliens was really good, and then it's like, well, then I'm just right there. Yeah, I might as well. Yeah, just watch curiosity. Alien 3. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, you you watch it, and if upon reexamination, if it's great or even even <laughs> i mean i don't think okay that it's, i think it's going to be terrible but, but just like i just have kind a new of perspective yeah i just okay. i just want to i just want to see the train wreck now knowing more about how okay. the train wreck happened yeah That's all. like i like, said I don't, you, you're more than welcome <laughs> to do that i will not be participating but this isn't the alien podcast we already know we did that one yes that was the first the very podcast. first yeah. very first um, first two technically because we broke it up. That's into right because we just talked about alien and aliens for the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know we were just finding our footing. You got to learn um, a little bit, exactly. 
But before we really get into David Fincher, I wanted to talk to you about something kind of big that's going on in uh, potentially in the in the in the entertainment industry. Let's hear it. So AT and T is selling Warner Media because there's the I so I I have read a couple of articles about it and it it. Some of it just kind of went over my head. Um, so I'm not entirely sure what's happening. And I don't think anybody explicitly knows why it's happening. But the general consensus is that it is because Warner Media is going to lose or it's going to cost AT&T about a billion dollars in potential and pro- lost profit because of the same day releasing on the streaming service and and in theaters. And and so apparently AT and T's might might be cutting t- or is trying to cut ties or did cut ties. There might be some kind of deal where it's moving to Discovery. I don't know. That's the part that I like don't understand. Yeah. But well, I th- I mean I feel like the writing's sort of been on the wall there for a little bit. You know, we saw cable subscriptions go down. Uh, football has hemorrhaging viewers. I think all sports are live events. I think people are 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 participating in less and, and preferring to watch things in in the comfort of their own homes, particularly with the price of movies being as expensive as it is. So, you know, I mean, we'll see. And and I feel like I, I still, like, I, I support HBO Max's decision to do that, even though now I'm vaccinated, I'm going to the movies again, like, it's, and the movies are back, but, like, at the time HBO Max made that decision, it, there was a huge question mark yeah. about like how is this like what even is the future going to be like we don't know we, they didn't know anything about vaccines didn't know anything about that like the, that hadn't been like i still think that was a smart decision because you know if you're releasing a movie during covid you're going to lose money like even even like the new movies that are coming out like they're not they're not making huge profits they're like doing better than they have done over the last year or so they're doing better than tenant did that but it's not it's not back to like movies aren't going to i don't think movies are going to make a billion dollars for a while probably so like maybe maybe next year maybe in 2022 there's a lot of huge superhero movies coming out in yeah. 2022 the matt reeves batman with robert pattinson that's coming out i think that there's a chance that something there might make a billion, but like Godzilla vs. Kong's not going to make a billion. Mortal Kombat's not going to make a billion. The Conjuring's not going to make a billion. Like all these movies that HBO Max is doing same day releases, like none of none of those, none of those, I think would have made a billion. No, I think you're right, and um, you know, I think uh, like you said, uh, I think that you get credit for uh, not HBO, HBO gets credit for for trying like you said for trying something new for for doing something we've never seen with movies since same day releases and uh i i don't know how that worked out for them financially if that if they're going to continue doing that into the future post covid i i don't i i think that they said they weren't okay i i believe that they did it just simply for the people like they did it so that the people can enjoy movies like it was like almost it was like one of the few selfless acts that like really? big wow. companies because like they knew they were going to lose money like they they went into this knowing that this is going to they hoped that it would increase their subscription rates 
that they'd get more subscribers. I mean, they weren't doing it purely out of the goodness of their hearts, mm. but but well, they were but they were yeah, but but the, like they were doing it because they've been sitting on the stuff right that they need to release, but they didn't want to wait any longer, and it's like what's the way that the most people are going to be able to watch it if you put it in their homes too, like and and so I think that they went into it knowing that they weren't going to make as much money as if it was just in a movie theater during a regular time. I but think that's with the like the uh, the producers, right? Like, what is HBO's cut in this? Like, how does that's that's like what I'm wondering. They, how well, much they, money did HBO make? Well, so so HBO, I that I don't know, and I don't know how you quantify that. I was going to say because it's, it's like streams and there's uh, but stuff. They, it's it's complicated. What what they did when they announced that because the first movie that they did it with was Wonder Woman 1984, and what they did was they stopped your free trial on you can't have a free trial with HBO max because the assumption was that, and then you're paying, I think it's $15 a month. So you're paying basically the price of a movie to see whatever HBO max has to offer. And they're going to try to release a movie every month that like the idea is that you're getting, you're like, you're paying for a movie ticket, something new every month. Yeah. And, and so, or I think most months they've had something, I mean, like they've had something every month, and then you can watch, you know, yeah. The Sopranos or whatever. Exactly. Then you get the rest of... But they actually... HBO Max actually kind of has a crazy library. But they, like a great one. I was No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they actually, even if you don't pay attention to the new stuff, they have all of Studio Ghibli. They have a ton of, like, classics. A ton of them. They, they yeah. have some deal with Criterion. Where a they number have, like, of new stuff. Yeah, they have yeah. A, a bunch of current... Stuff HBO obviously classic sort of like uh, premiere TV shows as well. Uh, I think HBO Max is one of the better deals in streaming, let alone oh, oh. with without the same day releases. Exactly, I, I I agree. It's it was kind of upon they kind of fucked up its release because it wasn't available on all the different platforms. Like they they did a bad job of releasing HBO Max. Did you Max. have HBO Go, the which was what they had before? I well, so I had a friend of mine that I used her sure. her cable HBO Go sucked. Yeah. It's it's a ter- it was a terrible app and HBO Max's app still isn't great to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, HBO It's better on the computer, but if you like um like I said it, it's a step up from HBO Go, which like I said was like really hard to use. Yeah. Um one of the big things that I think that this... So I haven't been able to watch HBO Max on my nice TV because it doesn't have an app. Yeah, I had, I had, so, so I have the same situation. I have to cast it from yeah, my phone. But do you have... A, I have a Samsung it, smart TV. It should be on Samsung. I have it on that Samsung. Okay, well then, who knows what's I happening. Think, but, but it's not on LG, and it was because AT&T had a deal Competing, with Samsung. Yeah. Well, well... I think AT&T owned Samsung. Oh, so they, oh, I see what you're saying. So they made... So, like, they only release it for stuff that, like, they directly owned. Yeah. And, uh, which which was kind of the curse of, like, the old... You know, AT&T made this deal with Warner Media in 2000... Or, or made a big deal where they got, like, Samsung, Warner Media, all sorts of shit in 2018. And, like, that was, like... I think that they still... HBO still thought that there was going to be 
like cable <laughs> like right. at that time. So yeah. they kind of made a deal that fucked them that they now get to get out of. There you go. Like they're yeah. now AT and T's going to drop them, and now they can go do what Netflix, Disney Plus, all these other things are doing, where they get to just be on everything. Which is how, as a streaming platform, you're going to make the most money right. is being available to everybody. Where AT and T was literally stopping them from doing that. So, and they were giving um, all their AT and T. If you had an AT and T phone, you get a free, you get a free HBO account. Um, for or at least I know they were doing that at a point in time. I think different plans would offer that. But so now HBO will probably be able to make more money because people are gonna want to be subscribed. All I'm saying is this is a great move for HBO. I think HBO there comes out on top, um, even if they're gonna lose a little bit of money off these movies. I still don't think that it's a, it will equate to a billion in lost profit. But if AT and T thinks so, and then I can have HBO Max on my LG TV, I'm happy. There you go. So, yeah, I don't know much about yeah all that. Who makes money and who doesn't? We'll yeah. see. Someone will tell me. I don't know. <laughs> but that's that's all. That's all, that's really all. So I there you to go. Talk I about. mean, it is big news in the business of the entertainment movies. Yeah. yeah. Um. Have you? I want. So I thought about this last night, and I okay, and I forgot to work it in. But have you have you been watching any like brand new 2021 movies that you've that you've enjoyed? I saw Wrath of Man, which... I'm seeing that on Sunday. Okay. So, that's Guy Ritchie, Jason Statham, usually a very good um, sort of one-two punch. And it's like... I, I told you this. You know, it's like... I watched the movie, and I'm like, so the writing's kind of bad. Yeah. And the, the dialogue is bad. <laughs> and the acting is kind of bad. And... I didn't, like I said, and I was like going through all the individual things in a movie and I'm like kind of all bad. And then I was like, on a scale of one to 10, I think I give this probably like a six. And I was like, that doesn't make sense, but it comes together. Well, it's, it, it really is exciting. It's not boring at all. Like I said, it's a little, um, I don't know how to put it. It's like the tone is different. I feel like his movies are usually funnier and this one's a little more serious. Oh, okay. In tone. So, so does Jason Statham have any like quippy lines or whatever? He does, but yeah, no, it's, it's very much in that vein, but, uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't tell you that he has one really good one that he says to post Malone. I won't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I won't spoil it. He has a really good one that he says to post Malone. Um, but yeah, it's very serious. It's very dark. Um, but you know, whatever I, uh, like I said, so it's enjoyable, even though I think it's sort of less than the sum of its, or, or more than the sum of its parts and each individual element of it, I think is kind of not that good. The it movie just, comes it has, together. It has entertainment value. For sure. Got, it comes right. together in a way that's appealing. I don't, uh, we saw Mortal Kombat. We talked about Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um, Godzilla vs. Kong. Godzilla vs. Kong. I think, I think that's everything. Let me see. If there's anything else that I logged on Letterboxd. No, it looks like that's it. Yeah, so just okay. Go- Godzilla versus Kong and uh, Mortal Kombat and then Wrath of Man. Okay, so so I've, I, have, uh, I have a couple movies that I just want to talk about okay. that I've seen both over the last month. Um, one of which is was, I saw it like the last day it was even in theaters in Atlanta. So hopefully it'll be out on streaming and that's called Voyagers. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of been getting like not the best reviews yeah. and I did and I don't get it. Like I thought, so it's, it's about just the general premise is it's the, in the future on earth 
and Earth is dying because you know humans are fucked up. Earth. It's kind of kind of like Interstellar, but like it, it's actually very similar to Interstellar now that I think about it. In in terms of idea, concept, except Earth, they found a planet that is habitable, and but it's going to take eighty five years to get there. Um, this is like Alien Revelations or whatever. <laughs> I guess, and so, so they decide the what way is that to call. Called Alien Revelations is nothing. Uh, alien uh, Resurrection. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, so so they're they're going to colonize this, but it takes eighty five years to get there. So they're like, how do we do this? And so, using like you know advanced technology where you can give you can choose whatever genes you want kids to have. They basically make like this intellectually superior like group of people yeah and okay. and then raise them completely in isolation and like only teach them like i don't know exactly i mean just smart shit they're super smart and they and they raise them completely isolated with the only that like they know they're probably not ever gonna even get to this planet they'll probably die before that but like their kids that hmm. they will have and then their kids, kids that I see. like they'll have, like they'll be the ones that colonize this place. And then, and, and, and so that alone, that's just, I mean, that's just kind of the setup. And I thought that that was intriguing. And then I thought the movie was really good. I mean, there's like a, they are, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it, but sure. I would, I would recommend seeing Voyagers. And then also there's this other movie that I watched called the paper tigers Paper Tigers, okay. And it's like this, dude, it's, I had so much fun with it. I had so much fun watching the Paper Tigers. It's a Kung Fu movie, but it's like, it's like these three guys when they were in, you know, like high school or whatever, they did Kung Fu and, and then like now, then it fast forwards to like the, the future, you know, or not the the future, but the present day. And they're like in their mid forties. And their sensei died, or they they call them their shisu or so I, I forget, but that's basically it is the guy that taught them their teacher died, and so and then they they found out that he was like actually maybe killed, and so then they kind of go on like this like kung fu, like it's just like dudes in their forties, yeah. like it's like dads doing kung fu, and it was so much fun. Yeah. It was like a fun movie, like it it wasn't. I think it was well written. It was like kind of corny in concept in in like I I so at first I I think that I didn't give it like the best rating on Letterbox, but then like for like two two days I was like I can't stop thinking about this movie. Wow. It was so much fun. It was just like a fun it's like the perfect dad movie in the way that Clint Eastwood made the movie The Mule where he's like a 90-year-old man and he acted in it. And he's a 90 year old man that's like running drugs and like having threesomes with like 20 year olds. And like, and like, I think it's like a movie that in his head, he's like old people watch this movie. Like we still got it. But with the paper tigers, this is like way more plausible. Um, okay. And, but it's like dads and it's like a perfect dad. Okay. Like, yeah, we can still, we we're dads and we kick ass, you know, it was great. It was great. So I would, and that's, uh, you can you can rent it. You can buy it on on Amazon. It's not like free streaming anywhere, but highly 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 recommend. Okay, for like a fun 
for a fun like Saturday Casual. night movie with your boys, you know? Sure, like, sure, absolutely. So, so that that I think kind of. I don't have anything else to say. We're also twenty minutes in already, okay, so we okay. should probably we should probably talk about David Fincher now. Let's do it. So, David Fincher, fantastic director, visionary. He's had a couple of duds. Yeah, um, but for the most part. But for the most part, some fantastic movies. And so we watched Mank, and we're like, we should do David Fincher yeah. justice, because Mank think, was bad. I think that what we landed on with Mank is essentially that he is out of his comfort zone for family reasons. Because yeah. his dad did the screenplay before he passed away. Right. And so I think that that was sort of why he did that movie that's not the type of movie he's done typically right. he typically tends to focus on serial killer crime type stuff dramas thrillers that sort of thing this was a little out of his comfort zone i don't know that he totally nailed it like i said uh i'll give him a pass right and given all things considered right and so then we picked three movies to oh and watch. as like we said on top of that i think that we he also probably felt a little bit of pressure not to not mesh to with the screenplay yeah, yeah. too much, and I think you and I both found that the screenplay was not that good. good. Right. Yes. But we were like, let's watch, let's watch three Fincher movies. I think that he's one of the more universally respected oh, American directors and, of the day. And yeah. that's why Mank was like nominated for ten Oscars. Was right. like just because David for Fincher sure. is David Fincher. If if La- if Florian Zeller had directed Mank, I think it doesn't maybe get even one nomination. It, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um but so we were like let's let's focus on the good stuff. So we both deem the social network to be a perfect movie. Big and fan. so we're like let's let's watch the social network and then you had never seen Fight Club. So we watched Fight Club, and then I had never seen Zodiac, so we watched Zodiac. Yeah, and then I and then I realized, kind of like over COVID, I've watched a lot of David Fincher movies. Yeah, um, like I had seen Gone Girl for the first time. I had seen Seven for the, f- I think the first time, but maybe I'd seen part of it when I was in high school. And um, and so I'd watched these movies, and I was like, he doesn't have that large of a discography. And I watched Fight Club, and sure. And, uh, and I was like, I could just finish watching his movies. So I watched The Game, which I didn't really particularly enjoy. I watched Panic Room, which I loved. Banger, yeah. Um, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which I is an interesting movie, and uh, and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. And kind of rounded out the Fincher movies, and then I was like, we should just talk about David Fincher. Yeah. His so, movies are very watchable. He's yeah. like, you know, for being you know, an auteur and being someone who's very concerned with, you know, artistic integrity with his films. It's not, it's not like a, you know, French foreign language movie where two guys talk in black and white for three hours. Right. These, you know, they're, they're very, uh, they're very not dull, very watchable. 100%. And that's, and that's something that I just like, I found it. He's got so much range. Like, yeah, he, which he, is, a, yeah, it's interesting that Mike was not that good given, like you said, how he's, he kind of goes all over the place. Yeah. But, but I do think that that was probably just trying to stick as close yeah. to his dad's script and vision as much as possible. But, but you have, you know, he really comes on the scene with seven. Yeah. And then seven, the game, fight club, panic room, that, those four, like they're all like thriller, thriller types. Sure. And then in, in Zodiac as well, to a degree, 
But but so but if you parallel like seven and Zodiac, like so seven is you know a cop chasing. He's done a lot of like cops chasing the bad guy sure. kind of thing, but like this one, I I don't know. I don't I don't really know how to. How would you like? Like I feel like they're they did the same thing, Zodiac and Seven, but it was in a wildly different manner. To me, like the difference between Zodiac and Seven. So, like, I think Zodiac is is about like obsession. To me, that's like one of the main I think thematic elements there. Yeah, and I think that it shows there's like a number of very dishonest portrayals of the police that we see. And Zodiac, I think, is very honest in that overwhelmingly, when you call and report a crime to the police, they will write it down and they'll look into it and then nothing will come. Right. And, you know, and and it's not a criticism of the police. It's just, it's hard. It's hard to like, particularly, you know, like you're not going to run fingerprints on, and this is in the seventies or whatever, right? Yeah. So it's a... Zodiac, like I said, is just a, it's like this, you show the police and it's like, this is, this is a landmark blockbuster case. Everyone is on it. Everyone's paying attention. Everyone is, um, doing everything they can. And it's just like nothing. You just yep. don't get anything back. And it doesn't matter how much effort you put into it. It doesn't matter how much you think about it. It doesn't matter how many leads you follow periodically. You just get screwed right. and there's just nothing you can do about if, it. If periodically you have a sociopath out there that yeah. is really good at what they do, yeah. which, and even which if, sucks and because not only is he really good it, like, again, like I said, it's just, it's just like hard. Even yeah. if, even if he was not that good, like I said, it's just, it's just, it's hard to catch a guy who kills people, you know? Yeah. And I think that in seven, it's a little bit more of a A follows B follows C, and then you catch the guy, and and also he he turns himself in. That's like point, like yeah. part of his thing. Instead of like a trying to get away with murder, and then the cops needing to obsess about it for for like decades. Right. Because that's like I think Zodiac spans two decades. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, of trying to fucking find this guy, but with seven, it's it's a guy like specifically designing a case to fuck with the police One, yeah. and to fuck with a particular member of the police yeah. and, and then and gets and, and makes that happen. Of course. And, and so, so it's, a, but it's, but I think that that's kind of cool that Fincher, Fincher is like, here's two things that when you break them down to their bare elements that are bare essential, like, it's a cop chasing a bad guy. Um, I think it's kind of amazing that he can do it in such like two completely different ways Yeah, that, that were fantastic. Um, for sure. So I loved Zodiac. I Is was really, seven adapted from a novel. It might be. I don't know. So Zodiac of course is like one of it's America's a, most infamous serial killer cases unsolved yeah massive media attention everyone you know i think everyone has at some point a phase where they have a morbid curiosity with serial killers and they that's always one that's uh sort of at the forefront seven of course didn't really happen but um that's uh i'm just curious about that because 
let's there's, see. there's tons of directors that do. I mean, that's real. Do, like, that's real common. You know, that's uh, adaptations. Scorsese is basically every every movie always, he's ever done is yeah adapted from a novel. It looks like uh, looks like it's not. Look like looks like it's an original screenplay. Oh well. Well, that's that's awesome. I wonder if do you think Gone Girl is a novel? Gone Girl is a novel. It I is do. a novel. Yes. Okay, so Gone Girl, Girl the Dragon Tattoo, uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Well, I think Curious Case of Benjamin Button is like you more know, of a loose. I think that uh, I think that's interesting. I think that there's um, some respect for writers there. You say like, you, you get a professional writer, let him come up with the idea, tell the story, and then you're like, great. Now I'll do the thing that I'm good at, turn it into a movie. And yeah. I think that like recognizing your comfort zone is important. And it's like, you, you have to know what you're good at and what you're not good at. Right. And I think that he can like, that's how he expands his comfort zone so that he can make a movie like social network, which for instance is different than seven, which is different yeah. than fight club, which is different, you know, but it's different, but similar stylistically. It's still sort of dark. Right. kind of looking and uh you know thematically i think is sort of similar to those types of movies as well but so like i said no yeah and it, so he lets the lets the writers do their writer thing and then he you know comes in with his own good ideas right there you and, go and it's, he all based, a, it's all a team and and regardless of alien 3 being terrible and david fincher basically doesn't recognize that as part of his movies but you know alien 3 7 the game fight club panic room zodiac Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and Gone Girl are all thrillers. Yeah. Like, they're all thrillers in in a way. But in that, like, 2008 to 2010, which are the years that, like, that three-year period, he makes Curious Case with Benjamin Button and makes Social Network, which are wildly different than anything he's ever yeah. done. And they're both really good. Yeah. Like, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button, I think, is... A movie that should be watched and should be talked about. It's not something that I think you need to rewatch. I don't. Th I think it's kind of like good for one watch, but it's like it's such a intriguing story, and uh, mm -hmm. and it was and it was done really well. Like it was it was well produced. I mean, he had all the money in the world at that time and could basically make whatever movie he wants after the success of. I mean, really, just I feel like after the success of Seven, he was good to go, and then he followed that with Fight Club, and you know, at that point, you just have creative control to do whatever you want. Yeah, but to then be able to, exp I think you see a lot of directors that try to experiment with, you know, with with going down a different path, or whatever, and they're they're widely unsuccessful. Um, you have, uh, like, Kevin Smith. He's my favorite. I love Kevin Smith. But, you know, he tried to do Cop Out, which was, like, this, like, buddy cop action comedy. And it was awful. Yeah. Like, and I don't yeah. think that he, Kevin Smith could do that kind of movie. It, like, yeah. just... Uh, or you have uh, Ridley Scott that tries... I mean, he, he mostly just... He does a, a lot of stuff. And so I think that just given the scope of what he tries to do, like the number of movies, the sure. number of projects he's doing, you're not going to have all hits. But, you know, I guess his aren't like trying to do different genres because he did Alien, which is great. And then he did Hannibal, which is awful. Like, right. So 
I don't know. But I still think that I think that, that it has to be hard. Like it has to be hard. If you're a thriller guy, it's gotta be hard to be like, let's make like this weird romance about a dude that ages backwards. Yeah. And have Brad Pitt be Brad Pitt. Not at all similar, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um so Fight Club. So you'd never seen Fight Club I prior to this. No, yeah. And and I know that we're trying to we're trying to pretend like it hasn't been a month <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. uh, and that we didn't already record this. So um, I think the fight club is like, I understand so it's kind of got a reputation as like, Oh, like the edgy, you know, 19 year olds favorite movie. Right. You know, like if you're like a sort of upper middle class white male and you're, you know, I'm sick of this consumerist economy. I'm fighting back and I'm going to be my own person. This is like very much your, your favorite movie. And uh, I see, I, like I said, I see how that can be appealing. It felt, it felt a little bit to me as though it doesn't quite um, delve deep into as much as what I would have liked to have seen. I think that the, uh, particularly the, what is it? Project mayhem. Project. I, I wanted to call it project badass. Do you watch <laughs> always sunny? I, yes. Yeah. That's what the, uh, <laughs> for the listeners, all project badass is from always sunny. It's their like, video series where they like jump bikes into the river or whatever parkour yes anyway <laughs> so not project badass project mayhem feels a little underdeveloped it's a little unclear to me what their shtick is they they do this they're like gonna bomb all the banks to like reset people's credit or, yeah, or something it, their idea was that if they blow up all of the records of people's credit and like there will be then that that will solve the problem. Like the people won't have debt. They won't have credit because yeah. by blowing it up, they'll never be able to re- regain all of that. Um, yeah. I don't, I didn't really follow that. They just sort of like say, that's just like what they just say that. Yeah. They're just like, Oh, we're going to blow up all the banks and then there'll be no credit. And it's like, it's not really clear how that ties into a lot of the other stuff that they're talking about, or if it makes any sense, there's not really a lot of analysis of it. Like I said, it's like just like a one-off line. And I felt like I was like, I feel like we can dive more into this. I feel like we can get more. I, I, I liked the beginning of it and I liked the setup. I liked, I liked the support group thing. I thought that was compelling. Yeah. Um, and, and then, like I said, it felt like with that, with project mayhem and then the hallucinations and then all this other stuff, it felt like it, lost a little bit of narrative momentum for me towards the end. It went off the rails a little bit. So I felt like it was a strong setup and then sort of lost where I wanted to go. Would you say that that would have benefited from being a longer movie? Like, do you wish it was longer so that they had more time to get into that stuff? I would say that I think I wish it was more focused. I think there's some stuff in the middle. There's a lot of shots of that broken house that I think maybe you could cut in the effort to flesh out some more of the project mayhem stuff. Right. Um, I think, and maybe you do make it a little longer, but it's already like two twenty, right? Something like that. It's over two hours. I think. I think so. Um, I'm usually a fan of shorter is better. Cut it instead of including it. Um, so I would say like, I don't know that I would say it needs to be longer as much as it could be, more, more focused, focused. and that, okay. so there were certain things that probably we could have shied away from that are included that uh i don't know 
Oh, yeah. That's... So so that's my thought. I I think that it's very good, and I did enjoy it a lot. Um, like I said, I think that I probably would have liked it more if I had seen it first when I was seventeen. Um, but but would you have understood it as much? Because I mean, because good... I think that there is like like you said like it's if you're you know seventeen eighteen nineteen year old kid and you're watching this you're like fuck yeah fuck the system but like do you would you have been able to understand what it's saying specifically about masculinity and yeah the masculinity because like the underlying message of masculinity is like you talk to people about your feelings and you cry and you say what what you you know you don't hold things inside and you let people know the way that you feel and the way that they make you feel and you emphasize human relationships and you know these non-traditional masculine things these are the things that are healthy and that allow for you know expressions of emotion that are not beating the shit out of people right <laughs> right and and that's sort of um, like I said, that's the beginning of the movie. That's the setup. That's why he likes support groups so much. It's the only time that he can sleep. Right. And I don't know that I probably would have had the maturity to understand because they have the, the bitch tits guy yeah. who they clown on. But of course, like I said, his relationship with that guy is the only thing that is healthy. The only healthy human relationship that he has with a person basically in the entire movie. Yeah. So I don't, like I said, I, I, and most Edgy seventeen-year-olds probably <laughs> don't get that from the movie, and, so and, I, th- I think you're probably correct. And and that's the that's the thing that, for me, made made it so powerful was like I and 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 also it's very under, like I get, I totally get not understanding that and yeah. not being emotionally mature enough to understand that. But like, I think it's impressive that that movie. Can, it's like kind of beloved by all, whether you miss the point entirely. Yeah, or if it you, is sort of interesting if you, if you think that he's a good guy or the bad guy. Yeah. It's like a Scorsese movie in that way. Like, right. like Wolf of Wall Street is one I know that like a lot of people watch it for like, wow, look at the hubris of, you know, these guys, the arrogance or, you know, look at all the flaws in, in pride and greed and wealth and all this. And then there's other guys who's like, dude. Look at his boat. <laughs> and like you oh, said, yeah. both guys love it. So it's like, you know, who's to say? <laughs> right. And, but I, but I do think, I mean, I, I do think that David Fincher was, I think he's a smart guy. I don't think that oh, any sure. of that, like, I think he was making a point about toxic masculinity Absolutely. and it being bad and not something to, uh, not so I, I think that he would probably be frustrated that there's so many people that like just missed the point of the movie and are like fighting is dope and men should beat the shit out of yeah. each other to like let their aggression. That's just what men need to do. Yeah. There's no like, other way to like <laughs> express this positively. Right. Yeah. Where like that didn't work out for anybody. Um, of course, yeah, no one is, is better for this. Right. Yeah. 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 Or but, maybe they're like, I think that like there's some almost, perverse way in which they're better than like when he's just sitting in his office doing nothing. Yeah. That like, maybe it's better than just boredom and alienation. And may, like I said, they, it is a group. They do come together and they do share something. So yeah. like, maybe it's better than being alone. But like I said, it is unhealthy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Both mentally and physically. Yeah. Like it is oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> oh, and then the, that's the other thing, right? And it, part of it is like, it's like fighting is literally just expressing 
an emotion, right? But you don't, it's not like personal because they always, you know, and then there's a point at the end when it becomes personal and at which point it's like, you know, he's just beating up a guy because he's mad at him. And then it's like, what's, what's the point of any of this? Right. So I liked that. Yeah. But so, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was, gets to be a little unfocused. The relationship with Helena Bonham Carter, you know, a little weird. I, I wish I, so, so I think that that is interesting. I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Um, but I do feel like it's a, it didn't come together in a, in a, yeah, it doesn't quite land for me. Yeah. yeah, But like, I, I, I do wish that, that, that would have gone somewhere deeper. Like I, I just, because I, I think that, you know, all, all people can relate to, um, attraction and in relationship stories and stories about that. And and that's stuff that I generally kind of like to lean into. Okay. And so I liked, I liked that, her like going to the support groups, especially the ones that were like all men ones and just like, it is funny. Yeah. They're like doling out which ones they can go to. So they don't run into each other. Right. It's pretty amazing. And, and I thought that I thought that that was kind of an interesting just thing that, that the two people would share that same kind of issue and have find the same solution which is going to these support groups and then them naturally going like being wanting to be together wanting to be a a, a, you know have some kind of relationship yeah um and then and then i i I wanted to know where that would have gone had the story been a little bit more focused yeah like like it it, it makes sense where it goes at the end because everything kind of blows up and whatever but like i i wish it didn't i do wish that I, I agree with you that yeah. Project Mayhem probably just didn't need to be involved in that at all, and you could have done something else um, entirely that would have made more sense. Um, Maybe it works better as a novel. Maybe they cut stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so before we get talking about the social network, because I know that we're going to be able to talk about that for a, a while. There, I want to. I want to talk about. Panic Room and the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, okay. specifically. Uh, Panic Room, I loved. Mm-hmm. And I went into that really knowing nothing about it. Jodie Foster is amazing. Um, and uh, Jared Leto is yeah, Jared Leto. Great as a creepy weirdo. <laughs> yeah, yep. once again. And I just wanted to, you had said that you watched that and enjoyed it. Yeah. And I just wanted to acknowledge real quick that. I love that. Yeah, and, no, it's super fun. And it's, uh, it's an interesting concept. It's, it's, uh, well done, well executed. It's fast. It's, you know, it doesn't really get bogged down or tripped up in its own feet. It starts fast and finishes fast. It's entertaining front to back. And it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's not, there's action movies, I think that can say something. And I'm going to be honest, it doesn't really do that. It's just sort of executed. Well, it's fun. Just like I said, that that's really what it is. Just just fun. Just yeah. a, a thrill ride. For sure. Um, the girl with the dragon tattoo though, that has some pretty brutal content. Yeah, no, it's that's a tough watch. I at times, yeah. And I and I so I did watch that when I was in high school. And I yeah. because I, I think last we talked about it on the show, I, I couldn't remember if I had seen it or not. And then seeing those I I must have just 
blocked it out. I must have, yeah, I must have been like, I don't want to think about this because there was a time in my life where I didn't like thrillers, I didn't like horror, like it scared me. Sure, and and that was that time in my life where uh, I just didn't want to feel that stuff. I was like, why would I want to watch something that's going to upset me? Didn't want to be titillated. Yeah, and now I. What's what's crazy now is I've done a complete 180, and I'm yeah. like, I only want to watch things that break me Make you go as nuts. a person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so, um, so I don't know what happened. I mean, that's trauma for you, I guess. <laughs> you know, it changes sure. you. But, um, but I, I must have completely blocked that out. But then watching that first rape scene, I was like, oh, it came yeah, back. I, right, I remember this. Yeah. I 100% remember this. It was deep down there, but it was. It sucks that that didn't do very it's well. It's a bummer because I think that it's implied that we were going to get the series. Yeah, and and, we and did I not and I, but I just don't understand how it failed. Yeah, because it came the year after the Social Network, and it, people know David Fincher. Like he's yeah. he is a and that he's a, that series was huge. The books were yeah. enormous. Yeah, and and he. I, and it was really well made. Like, and it was, it looked it, great. Yeah. You know, I guess it, you know, it had Daniel Craig who was in the bond movies, big star yeah. at the time. Rooney Mara is not a huge star. Well, that's not even really fair. She's a, she's a, I would put her, I guess a tear down, maybe not quite. She, yeah. She's not Daniel Craig level, but I mean, right, she's but still she, famous. Yeah. yeah. I knew the name. Like, yeah. no, for sure. And, and, uh, yeah, it, I just I I don't I was bummed know. Out. I don't know how it failed. Yeah. I, do you think that maybe it was just too gruesome, like or like it's too possible. painful that yeah. people or you know, and who knows why people do it? Maybe it was bad timing. Maybe it was uh, some other thing. Who knows why people do or what they do or don't do? Have you have you watched? I know you said you've watched the Swedish version of that one. Have mm-hmm. you seen the whole series? No, I think just Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Okay. I wasn't sure if the series continues to be, if it stays on that kind of level of intensity. Oh, I've um, I've read all the books. Oh, it do, does it stay? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I don't think there's anything quite as bad as that rape scene, but it. I mean, yeah, it's it's a similar gruesome thriller type thing. Yeah, I just man, I just wish if David Fincher can fucking make make. I know. Like, come if, on, like, give me. Can he want to do the rest? <laughs> like. Just finish the series. That's like what I had hoped, honestly, is that like maybe we'd get like a reevaluation and people would be like, oh, hey, this is great. And then we'd see more of them. But, uh, you know, alas, alas. So the social network. Yes. Let's talk about this. And let's let's do it. So we we both when we first saw the social network when we were 16. Yeah. We our takeaway was that Mark Zuckerberg was the good guy. Yeah. And, uh, not exactly and, that he was the well, good guy, but at least that he is, has good qualities. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, it, I agree, but that was our small, our small 16 year old brains. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, uh, and you know, it's honestly, it's kind of a shocker now that we've experienced personal, attacks from Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, exactly. Now we know it's, it's kind of crazy that, you know, that like, it, it's just, it's the whole situation is insane. Um, and I, and I really am like baffled at how I couldn't pick up 
at the time because it's it's spelled out clearly. Like, well, I, like, I, I can under like I said, lacking a little bit in perspective, I can I can give myself a little credit. I'll uh, you know, <laughs> I, I had interpreted it a little differently. So, did, did you come out of it the first time thinking that it was like a perfect movie? Or did it I take mean, I a was couple a kid, of watches? I don't know. I mean, I loved it immediately. So yeah. as far as, I don't even know what perfect movie really means. I, like I said, I really liked it as a kid. So, okay. So what, what do you have to say about the social network? It's great. I liked it. It's good. Um, but so it's got Aaron Sorkin. We talk about Sorkin and his screenplays. Oh, and I would like to talk about this. Okay. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about it. I think, He's known for a number of sort of, he has like a number of sort of signature flourishes. One of the big ones is this sort of rat-a-tat dialogue where it's like, you know, very fast-paced, a lot of one-liners, a lot of, you know, zings and banter. And usually it's sort of in service of like this idea, you know, in politics that these guys are very smart, very capable, very competent. And that these are, you know, it's sort of like a signifier. These guys are really smart. And, like, with Social Network, what you get instead is, like, this guy's a dickhead. This guy, the reason that he talks like this, the reason that he's so high-minded is it's not because he's smart. It's because he's arrogant. It's because he thinks he's better than you, not because he is better than you, not because he's more competent or smarter than you, but because he's an asshole. (laughs) And I think that we, the viewers, are the Rooney Mara character. And we are watching as this guy clearly believes himself to be better than us. You know, you, you don't have homework, you go to beat you. Right. And, you know, we say girls are going to not talk to you and you're going to think that it's because you're a nerd, but it's because you're an asshole. And that, like I said, it's like, it's refreshing to see Aaron Sorkin's thing, which I'm going to be honest with you, I kind of get sick of. I kind of get sick of that dialogue. I don't find that people talk like that in real life. And it kind of takes me out of it when, when people do talk like that. And it's kind of nice to see that, stylistically repurposed to to serve a character who is not sympathetic and not nice and not cool and not the guy you're supposed to identify with. And and so I, I everything you said, I completely agree. What I would like to what we talked about. Yeah. Um and we kind of talked about it in jest, but but I think that there is something here. Aaron Sorkin you know, traditionally uses that kind of uh, those quips and, and all of that to, to show show a good a good guy. He gives it to cool, cool characters. Right. Where Mark Zuckerberg is most certainly not a cool character. But is there any possibility that Aaron Sorkin went into this movie and writing the screenplay as if Mark Zuckerberg is the cool guy and then David Fincher kind of honed it in to actually show the truth i think it's possible but honestly i i the more that i think about it the more i think that he is arrogant enough and mean enough and ruthless enough that it's it's hard aaron sorkin or mark zuckerberg Zuckerberg. okay it's hard for me to say oh yeah no aaron sorkin thinks he's super cool i think that i think that um how do i put this i think that there's like a lot of people have this idea that like those billionaire type guys, they're like, they're smarter than us and better than us. And so that's why they rule over us with this money and 
power, right? Right. And so I think that there's a little bit of a, well, he's a dick, but he's allowed to be a dick because he's a genius. And I think it's possible that Sorkin thinks that, but I don't, I don't think that it's fair to say that he thinks like, he thinks Mark Zuckerberg is awesome. Okay. I, like I said, I think that the most generous interpretation is that he thinks Mark Zuckerberg is better than us. And that's why he's allowed to be mean to us. But like I said, that, that I think is, is the farthest that I would be willing to go. Like, like I said, it's, it's his, like not, not just his, his um arrogance, but like his just ruthless cruelty and jealousy and pettiness is so rampant and so apparent that like, I don't know how, unless you have like just a completely warped sense of reality, how you could come out of that um, and be like, Oh, Mark Zuckerberg is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So like I said, I, I don't think that he quite did it on purpose. Although I do think that Fincher probably moves him in the right direction a little bit. Right. That's, that's... I think he reigns in some of his worst impulses. I you know? absolutely. I do so so the ending of this movie um it is incredibly powerful but Banger, also yeah. but also kind of ambiguous and a little bit it left me with with some thoughts that I wanted to cash out with you so Rashida Jones says like you're not you're not an asshole but you just want everybody to think you are is that what it is, is i think that, you're I, trying to oh, be, you're trying you're trying to be says but yeah, yeah same deal sure yeah and and so that leaves me just kind of curious as to like i like i have no idea like it's like the whole movie is set up that like mark zuckerberg is an asshole and he yeah. is acting like an asshole and he's not he's actually is you don't ever see him i think not be an asshole yeah like at all so I don't know where Rashida Jones gets that from. Like, where where does she get the idea that he isn't an asshole? I kind of hate Rashida Jones's character, and she talks about her, the jury selection thing. I find that scene to be kind of stupid. Um, I don't know. It's possible that that's just like an just I'm your lawyer and I'm trying to help, yeah, <laughs> like or something. I don't know. It's, I, it's just weird because it's such a great ending to the movie. Yeah, but I, it's like. What the fuck? her her role? I think, like I said, I I, th- I would kind of wish that she was just written out of the movie. To be honest with you, I don't really like her character, and I don't really like that line. But but everything else is great. When he just <laughs> yeah. after she leaves, then the ending, like I said, that is when it gets to be really really powerful. But I think that she is like like I said, I that's I I think actually probably my single biggest qualm with the movie is her character, and that that's that scene specifically. I think is the thing that I come back to as. I have a really hard time making this work in my head in a way that makes sense. Yeah. And like I said, you, there's, I, I was, I think you can interpret some way. F- like I said, that maybe she's trying to, that's the point of the character. But like I said, I, I, I find that the jury selection scene is unnecessary. And I find that her, you're not an asshole. You're just trying to be, like I said, it's just wrong. Yeah. And doesn't fit with what we've seen to that point. Um, so yeah, like I said, I don't know. That's that's my biggest knock against the movie. And like I said, it's about thirty seconds, so <laughs> I'm willing to kind of just let it be, not think about it, and go. Oh, that kind of doesn't make sense. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I um man. So so this is this is where uh I'm kind of at a loss of what to say. Like I feel like we talked about it before. Yeah. At a little bit more length, and now I'm like I so, just don't even know what to say. So one thing we had discussed that I liked 
was we so we talked about Citizen Kane. This was after Citizen Kane, and this is right. a in a Citizen Kane type of lane. Um, in that it's about a guy who is extremely ambitious, and essentially he has this goal to become you know the biggest guy in the world. And this is in sort of new media, internet media. Citizen Kane is of course in traditional print yeah. media. Yeah. Um, and then they both achieve that. They get what they want. They are you know the most powerful people in the world, and it's not enough. They're yeah. still sad. And they kind of don't get why. There's no moment of understanding, I think, or or they don't gain any new perspective or insight. It's like they get to the end and they are unhappy. You know, he has a billion users on Facebook. And Charles Foster Kane, of course, has this massive media empire. And they're both, you know, just miserable. And they don't really get why. They don't really understand how, you know their pursuit of their thing that they wanted, how that didn't, that wasn't good enough for them. And so all they can do is continue that pursuit, even though, like I said, it didn't get them anything. And so um, that was something that was a comparison that we made that I liked. Okay. Um, so I, have to, I have to watch Citizen Kane next week for my film Okay. Well, there you go. Film class, so I'm excited to revisit the second it best again. movie ever yeah. made after Paddington too. <laughs> um, uh, I have been told that that franchise is actually really good. A lot of people said that. And, yeah. and I and uh, I don't know why. I don't have any... There's nothing in yeah, me that wants to know. watch it. But like everybody says that they're amazing they're great. movies. Yeah, I probably won't ever watch it. But everyone does say they're good. I I think I will. I think but, I'll watch it. Maybe we should do it for the pod. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe at some point later time. Yeah. During a downtime. Exactly. Or if Paddington 3 But even comes if that's out. the thing, like if there's a downtime, is that really what we're going to watch and not... Coen Brothers or Paul Thomas Anderson or something interesting. Okay, <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm a hater, but I just don't. <laughs> I just don't feel like I want to. That's not what I want to do in my spare time. Is watch Paddington. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. So I think that that kind of wraps up our thoughts on Social Network. Yeah, we didn't go as ham on Zuckerberg. You and well, Zach... well, we can, we can, we can. No, no, no. Like you said, I don't have too much else to add. <laughs> Fuck you, Mark Zuckerberg. It was meaner last time, I think. So there you go. He gets what he wants. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, we're sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. Never apologize. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a, that's our whole mo. <laughs> yeah, never. That's true. We you don't have your apologize. hot takes, and uh, you never apologize for them. Yeah. So okay. Mark Zuckerberg can eat a dick. He kind of ruined our podcast for like a month. Yes. And and he uh, we do, we hate him. Yeah. We hate him. He's a real piece of shit. Yeah. Um. All right, I've got my <laughs> I've got my anger. Out. There you go. Okay. Okay. Um. So next week we're going to continue talking about Frances McDormand. We had we talked about her a little bit with Nomadland yesterday. Um. We are now going to watch Fargo, Coen Brothers' Great. Which have you seen Fargo before? No, I'm excited. Awesome. And then we're going to watch Almost Famous as well. Okay. Um. So we'll record that next week. And then we'll also try to sneak in uh, the Coen brothers at the end of next week. It might not be Friday. It might be Saturday or Sunday. Just got to figure out when we can watch these movies, but, but we'll, uh, we'll get those going. We'll get those going and we'll let's, uh, we'll end, we'll end here, but let's talk about the Coen brothers stuff. Okay. So, alrighty guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sticking with us and, and, uh, and getting, uh, you know, waiting 
waiting so patiently for and these for the Oscars on, and the David Fincher exactly. uh, episodes. And and, now we're getting back on track, more regular again. Yeah, yep. should be good. Yeah, and then in coming up after that, we're gonna watch A Quiet Place one and two. We're gonna see the new one, so we'll talk about it. I and, think we should do the Conjuring movies. By the way, I'd like to do this. I was gonna say, and we'll do that the week after. I Kill actually it. already wrote that. Down. Wonderful. So, so so and and because I I love love the Conjuring. They're movies. good. Yeah, Conjuring one and two are like some of the scariest horror movies I think that mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And, um, I, I don't like the like extended world <laughs> that they've done. Yeah. Those Annabelle movies are terrible and the nun was awful. Okay. But, uh, but the nun's funny. Like the, no, I mean, it's not trying to be funny, okay. but like it, like I would rewatch the nun. I don't think I'll ever rewatch any of the Annabelle movies. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, the conjuring one and two, I'm so excited for this third one. And there's a comic book that they're releasing next week. That's okay. going to kind of tie in to it. So I'm going to pick that up. I'm going to, okay. DC's doing it. So it'll, be, it'll interesting. be interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, guys, so we'll hit you back next week with almost famous and Fargo. You guys have a wonderful night. See ya.